Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour, and as promised, joining us now is our good friend from the Times-Picayune and the Advocate, NOLA.com, Mr. Luke Johnson on the beat covering the New Orleans Saints. Luke, I know you had to uh, you had to work on Christmas, but uh, it was at least a fun game to cover. The Saints beat the Vikings. Little uh, some milestones met, some milestones set. It was a unique game for a lot of reasons. But outside of work, man, uh, how was your Christmas? It was really nice. Um, we got to got to gather with, uh, with my wife's family um, out on their back porch, and uh, you know. Had, had to start a fire up because it was a little colder than anybody was anticipating, but uh, yeah, it ended up being really nice and uh, got uh, all of the uh, all the the family time and the present opening out of the way before I had to go cover the game. So it was uh, it was a really good day. All right, I got to ask. I mean, what's what's the top present you got this year? Oh man, well, um, I got a new computer, which is. Uh, pretty incredible because uh I, I was rolling around with the uh with the, the macbook pro i bought um when i was in college uh so <laughs> i got that sucker in 2009 it was still kicking like, like it, it's a it's a champ i i can't believe it lasted as long as it did um but you know it's, it's getting to the point where uh you know i don't even think i could do any more soft software upgrades on it anymore it's uh and it's it's battery lasted like an hour, and speakers were shot. I couldn't like get on Zoom calls up with it anymore. So uh, thankfully, someone in my family was like, "You know what? I see I see I see a person in need who's not going to spend the money on himself." So, well, it it had a nice run. It had good good for it, but uh, it, it had a it had a great run. I, I think it, this this says something about. Uh, about max products, right? I, I mean, if that thing lasted from 2009 to 2020 for a sports writer who's constantly taking their computer on the road and banging it around in their backpack and using it every day, I, I think that that's a good product. So where where is Drew Brees in the life of if he is a a, a computer? Like how much? What is what is <laughs> still he's, working if he's well? My 2009 MacBook Pro. Um, yeah, he's 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 in the 2020 stage as well. I think, uh, <laughs> but still working well. Still getting the job done. Uh, look, I, I think it drew. I think uh, you know he had, he had kind of a hit or miss game uh, this past week, and um, I still think he's working his way back from uh, the injury, not in a physical way, um, but he's he's getting back to having the the timing and the rhythm that Drew Brees always has, and and is why he's able to operate this offense so efficiently. Um, yeah, it's just not there right now. It's not there for the whole game. He made some throws this week that are just like A-plus Drew Brees throws. Um, you know, the, the one that keeps coming to mind is actually an incomplete pass. It was to Austin Carr in the back of the end zone. Uh, he's got two guys plastered all over him, and, and, and Drew puts it in this just like impossible window um, that – you know, gave Austin Carr an opportunity to make a ridiculous catch uh, if he was able to get his feet inbounds. Um, but then, you know, he's got Mark Marquez Callaway sprinting wide open, and, and uh, the Vikings secondary would have been an easy touchdown um, if he just would have thrown it on time and out in front of him. And instead, he threw it late. 
underthrown, but it was kind of off the mark, and, and Mark Calloway had to adjust his body and, and come back with a really, really nice play to prevent an interception. I, I just think it was, you know, he's not quite all the way back yet in, in from a timing perspective. Um, and I think once that happens, he'll start to look more and more like his usual self. Luke Johnson, our guest, ESPN 1420. Well, what's, uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, I, I guess, the question of what's better or what's worse. Now, the Saints don't have to really make that decision where I'm going, I'm going somewhere with this in terms of whether to rest or play this week because their playoff scenarios are still all alive. They can finish one, two, or three in the NFC, two with a win, possibly one with a win and some help, possibly three with a loss or two with a loss and some help. So point is they got to keep playing. And on one hand, it's like, well, you know, he's, he's kind of beat up, you know, the old line Ram checks, awesome but you know he's playing through injury McCoy Pete and and Easton didn't play this week you want to get well rested for the playoffs especially if you're not going to be the one seed and you need help for that but then on the other hand you kind of need Breeze to to get some more reps in there in hopes that he kind of finds that old rhythm and uh, and can ride it all the way to the Super Bowl because while the Saints I think are, are certainly deep enough this year Luke to compete with anybody even when it's not Breeze's best day Boy, if Breeze is playing his best football coupled with the depth of the roster, then the Saints are a really tough team to beat. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the point I was trying to make uh to people who, you know, they, they saw him play last week, you know, and you know, against the Chiefs and at times it looked like he wasn't ready to be out there. And people are saying, Well, why are they why are they letting him find his rhythm now when they still got the one seed? It's like, Well, uh, would you rather have him do it now or would you rather have him do it in the playoffs? Um yeah, I, I just think it's so important for for this team to have its best shot at winning a Super Bowl title. It's to have Drew Brees be Drew Brees. You can't do it without him. Um, yeah, maybe you can. Maybe maybe you can go out there and win a couple you know, twenty to seventeen games and uh, and you know really rely and ride on that defense on the way out there. But it, it, only a few teams have have done that uh, in the last. You can think about the the Broncos and Peyton Manning's last year or, or the Ravens back with Trent Dilfer. Uh, that's about it. I, other than that, you've got to have a, a really good quarterback who's playing at a high level uh, to, to even get to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think it's, it, it's important that he's out there and it's important that he's out there with um, as many of these guys as he can uh, to you know, get that in. It's, it's like a second training camp almost. Um and yeah, I, I was really encouraged last week with uh, the connection he showed with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I think him and Jared Cook are getting a little bit better, but I think there's still there's still some some areas where they're not on the same page. Uh, the interception being one of them. And Drew thought he was held, but I think Jared just kind of uh, flattened his route off where he wasn't supposed to, or, or not not flattened it, but but made it too deep, too steep when it should have been flatter. Um, yeah, either, there's just some some areas where you can see, okay, if you fix this or or get that down, um, or this this little part where you're you're not on the same page, it's the difference between a, a 17 yard pass completion and an interception, or an incomplete pass on third down, and you know keeping the drive alive for punting. Um, so, yeah, you want those guys to to be as rested and as healthy as you can be, but. Yeah, you know, the fact of the matter is that it's it's a 17 week season and and nobody is feeling good at this point of the year. 
Um, so it, uh, it's, it's more important, I think, unless you're dealing with like a significant injury, like Mike Thomas was, um, to, uh, just kind of grind through it and, and be out there and, and, and know, uh, each other's rhythm and feel and all that good stuff. ESPN 1420.com. I'm Scott Prather. That is Luke Johnson, Saints beat writer, NOLA.com. You know, I feel like when Breeze throws it to Cook, it's like the show Deal or No Deal back in its heyday with Howie Mandel. There's only a few briefcases left, and there's a risk. Like, dude, you might get a penny. Or you might open up, like, you know, seven hundred and fifty grand here, uh, and Breeze is never going to take the deal. He's always going to make the throw. So one of those briefcases is going to open, and... You know, I think I think for he and Cook, there's just it's it's not fully on the same page. But when it works, man, it works really well because he's I mean, he's just such a weapon, and and you need him, especially with Mike Thomas out and and no Traquan Smith and things like that. But we'll see what they do Sunday against Carolina. I, I want to ask you obviously about the man of the hour, and that being Alvin Kamara, who you and I spoke uh, a number of times about. We talked about him last season. We talked about him before this season about how fun it is to cover a guy like this. And, and I remember over the summer, a lot of folks arguing, oh, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't sign him to a long deal. You just don't do that for running backs. Well, that's conventional thinking, and there's nothing conventional at all about Kamara. He's just unique. He's different. And you see him have a game like he had on, on Friday, tying an NFL record for most touchdowns in a game, uh, tying an NFL record for most rushing touchdowns in a game. He just he does things that no one else can do, Luke. There's, there's no. Everyone tries to compare running backs. There's no comparison to Kamara in my mind. Yeah, no, he's he's uh, absolutely unique <laughs> um, in so many ways. Uh, he's just absolutely uh, so fun to cover. Um, and Sunday, I, I mean, he was getting a lot of help from his offensive line. Let, let's get that. Uh, let's get that. that right away uh teron armstead had like four plays that that just belong in his career highlight reel um just riding guys six yards out of bounds or like three yards into the end zone from the nine yard line you know it was was really impressive uh but yeah they they were they were clearing holes for for alvin to just uh do the things he does uh which is just be absolutely terrifying to try to tackle in the open field um and uh, you know, when it, it's, it, it was kind of funny to see him have a game like that, you know, because a lot of the times when, when he's putting up big games, it's, it's like, okay, well, he's hurting you in every single possible way. You know, he's, he's hurting you as a runner. He's hurting you out of the backfield as a receiver. He, I mean, he really didn't do much as a receiver in this game. I think he had three catches for 17 yards. He find it. He had, he had a guy beat for a touchdown catch, but drew under threw it a little bit. Um, you know, uh, but, <laughs> they fed him over and over and over again on the ground. And uh, you just don't see that out of Alvin Kamara too often. It was really fun to watch on, on Christmas day. Uh, I think he had what, 21 carries, 22 carries, which might've been a season high. Uh, obviously I, I think it was a career high in rushing yards. Um, and just, you know, I, I don't know what more you can say about the guy. Uh, it's, other than just, I'm glad I get an opportunity to watch him play in person every week. I look at uh, the other guy who started off, I think he started off strong. He was having a good game, and, and Kamara then took center stage for obvious reasons, and, and deservedly so. But Latavius Murray, a dozen carries, 72 yards, averaged six yards a carry. It's kind of, 
The only other carry they talk about uh, from Friday was Taysom Hill's touchdown because, man, Sean, what are you doing? You know, he could have had the record, not tied it. Why do you, you know, that that's kind of the focus. But I'm looking at Latavius Murray, and, um, you know, he also had uh, uh, three catches, I think. This is a guy that I think quietly has had a productive season that they're really going to need in the postseason. And and even this week against Carolina, you know, it should be, the weather should be cold in Charlotte. You need a win for playoff seeding scenarios and the like. But if you're at home or if you have to go to Green Bay and, and play a physical game, I think Murray is probably the least talked about Saint that, in my opinion, is going to be really important to their success in the playoffs. I agree 100%. Um, if you go back and look at at the, the games this year where the Saints offense played really well, and, and there haven't really been a lot of them, right? They, they've been uh, uh, kind of down this year offensively. Um, but if you go back and look at the games they played well, in basically every single one of them, Latavius Murray had a nice game. You know, he never, he's, he's only had like one really big game this year, uh, but he's had several really nice games as like a complimentary piece to Alvin Kamara. And usually when that's happening, their offense is going really well. Um, so I think uh, you're right about that. If if they can get to a point in the postseason where Latavius Murray is touching the ball 12, 13, 14 times uh, and picking up 70, 80, 90 scrimmage yards, um, that, that's a really good sign for their offense, and it means their their offense is healthy and moving well, and they don't have to um, just rely on on one guy or two guys uh, to be their entire offense. Um, and that's that's where you know sometimes they get really static. Uh, they've they've had two of the better offensive football players in the NFL for the last four years and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And yeah, rightfully so those guys get a lot of the ball. But when that is your entire offense and nobody else on the team is, is really getting any, any opportunities or, or is not doing anything with their opportunities. It makes the the offense kind of stagnant. And I I think um, it's, it's no surprise to me that they play well when, you're getting other guys a chance to, to touch the ball and then you're, you're getting Alvin Kamara off the field and you're, you're able to rest him a little bit and you're able to, to maximize the touches he gets. Um, and I, I think the same thing goes for Emmanuel Sanders when he's had good games this year, the, the offense has, has played well. Uh, and um, yeah, the, those complimentary pieces are, are really important to what they do. And, and um, I think that has been the case throughout uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees' tenure here. Um, you know, they, they play really well offensively when when the, the, the guy's kind of down the, the the chart a little bit on, on who's the most important to get the ball to are having good games. There were a lot of presents under the tree for Saints fans, but there was a little bit of coal in the stocking coming out of that game Friday, Luke, and, and, and that being Quan Alexander tearing the Achilles, done for the season, and so... Now Alex Anzalone, who was replaced as the starter, now back in as the starter. Quan, it wasn't a quiet impact. It was a loud impact. You've seen the impact he's made on, on the Saints defense, which is, which is still really good uh, with or without him. But, man, that is, a, that is a tough blow coming out of that game for this D. Huge. It's huge. Uh, Quan has been so good for them. Um, 
And I don't, I don't think it's a, a coincidence that after he arrived, that their their defensive numbers just skyrocketed. They they were really really good defensively after he got there. Um, he brought so much energy and uh, playmaking ability that just frankly Alex wasn't wasn't bringing to the team. Yeah, you know, he was just kind of there. He was he was uh, you know getting in on some tackles, but uh, you weren't you weren't really seeing him affect the passer or break passes up or, or make plays behind the line of scrimmage. And you, you saw that every week from Quan Alexander. Um, it's going to be really tough face that. And that, yeah, it's, I, I think that's a, it's a big blow to their defense. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to recover from that. Um, it, I think they're still really good. I think they're going to be a good uh, defense in the postseason, one that, one that can win them games. Um, but you know, Quan was was clearly an important part of that um, in his kind of brief time with the Saints, uh, and you know it, it, it's just uh, it, it's not going to be the same with Anceloni there. That's that's like I think it's absolutely for sure. And the the thing I'm wondering about, and, and maybe we'll see it this weekend, is yeah, you know, with without Quan in there, maybe they go more of the. Uh, six defensive back yeah. sets that they were playing earlier in the season, um, and you know, get an extra safety on the field. Maybe get DJ Swearinger some more time uh, and uh, play that way. But you know, they're hurting right now as a team. Honestly, it's not just Quan. It's they they're, they're, they've got the number of guys coming back from injuries. So uh, they got to kind of piece it all together. As, as teams kind of have to do this kind of this time of year. Yeah, bye week would be nice. Doubt it's going to happen. They need to win a Seattle win and a Green Bay loss to the Bears, who all of the you know the, the Bears have something to play for. You know, a win and they're in. They could still get in with a loss and an Arizona loss, but there's a lot to pay attention to heading into Week 17. From a health standpoint, a couple other guys to bring up. Obviously, they made the decision on Michael Thomas, like you said, thinking big picture, thinking playoffs, what they had to have. You think? Well, well let, me, let me hit on a couple guys. First of all, Traquan Smith is he potentially going to come off, or, or do you think he's done? Have they said anything? Um, they haven't said anything, uh, and I don't know. It's it's going to that, that one's a little bit tougher to, to uh, prognosticate because um, you know, right before they put him on IR, he posted a, a photo of himself on a looked like on a plane on a like a Saints chartered plane. Yeah. Uh, with his ankle in a cast and up on a pillow. Uh, so I'm wondering if he had uh, some like minor surgery there. Uh, it, it's just, yeah, I would, I would anticipate him uh, being able to come back uh, for, you know, that would be the divisional round of the playoffs is when he'd be eligible to, to return off IR. Um, but I, I'm much less certain about that one than I am the other two receivers they have on, on injured reserve currently. So as far as Harris goes, it's like obviously what he brings to the return game. I on the other side of the ball, you look at Patrick Robinson; he's eligible to return this week. Maybe it's not till the playoffs. Then Marcus Williams, who's not on IR, but boy, he's their best safety. Does he like? I, I'm anxious to see their approach this week, Luke, because I think they're likely going to err on the side of caution if you just look at, at what they're doing with Michael Thomas. And at the same time, you you do have something to play for. So. Is this a case by case basis, or do you think Sean's just going to be ultra safe here and just hope to get the win and get as many guys healthy as possible? 
I think it'll be a case by case. Like, you know, if guys, if guys are ready to play, I think he's going to play them and not um, and not just take the uh, the overly safe path uh, because they they do have guys they they do have something to play for and you know with the uh, like for taking Marcus Williams into consideration here, um, you know, it, it would be really nice to have him on the field if you're facing Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, uh, you know, two guys who can really hurt you downfield. Um, I just think uh, I, I think if they are if they're going to be ready to play, um, Sean's going to play him. And you know some of those guys obviously aren't. Um, uh, you know, Deontay Harris and uh, aren't, aren't eligible to to return until next week. Um, yeah, it's just it's just kind of the nature of it right now with uh, with some of these injuries they're dealing with. But if if guys are ready, I think they're going to have them because they they need to win this game, obviously. Um, and I, I think they're uh, they're kind of going to pull all hands on deck for you know, where they can, uh, and yeah, hope they get guys like Trey Hendrickson back too, and um, Andres Pete and everything like that because they're going to need him this week. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. All right, Luke Johnson, what is your aside from health? And maybe health obviously plays into the answer to this question, but what positional group do you think is the biggest concern for this team in the postseason? Oh man, um, you know I, I'm gonna say, and, and this is gonna sound weird because I, I spent a, a significant chunk of time talking about how how well they played this week, but um, I, I think right now the offensive line is kind of a concern for me. Um, yeah, you know, there there are games when they show up and, and they're outstanding, and the Saints are controlling. Uh, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I think that's been a huge part of their success the last couple of years. But when the Saints struggle, um, and it's happened a couple times this year, um, they're really they're really having a hard time, um, you know, opening opening rushing lanes, protecting Drew Brees, especially on the interior. And that's yeah, I don't I don't really worry about Teron Armstead and, and Ryan Ramchek, and I really to be honest, don't worry too much about Eric McCoy. I think he's playing really, really well and having a great second season. Uh, but their offensive guards have, have been kind of, a, at times, a point of weakness this year. Um, and if they go up against, you know, if, like let's say the Rams get in and they've got to go up against Aaron Donald or, um, you know, some of these other, you know, the Packers with Kenny Clark, um some of these teams with really, really good interior defensive linemen, um, I think that could be a problem for them. Um, and yeah, there have been times when, when the play there has, has just wrecked games for the Saints. Um, so they can't really have that happen. And uh, and they, they need those guys to be at the top of their game and not slip um, as they have at, at times of seasons. I, I would probably say that's the, the biggest concern. And then, you know, Health-wise, it's wide receiver outside of that. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir, man. I've been kind of on the the interior of the O-line worry for a few weeks now. And I even look at a team like the, like the Chiefs, who are, I think, the best team in the NFL. I think they're the team to beat. But I, I'm looking at some of their recent struggles on the O-line, and it's like, man, I think each team in the playoffs – if you'd said they're going to lose, I think you can you can guess what's going to be the reason. Now, maybe the Saints don't. Maybe they make a run at it. But if they do fall, Luke, I think we're going to say, man, the biggest reason why was some issues and protection and things like that. 
Luke Johnson from which, uh, go ahead. I'm which sorry. Is, which is which is really kind of crazy. I the, the this the offensive line I feel like has been a, a source of strength for this team for a long time, and uh, and you know I, I think they're a huge part of the reason why they've they've had so much success over the last four years. Um, but it seems like when they don't play well, it just it, it really really stands out, and and it's usually the same you know one or two guys that that struggle in that area yeah yep and and even going back to you know i guess their super bowl year which i know was 11 years ago and they only have three players currently on the roster that were on it then or even 2011 when they won 13 games i mean they had the best o-line in football but they also had the two best guards in football and i think you know andrews pete everyone's got a you know feelings about him one way or the other and um, is he as good as three straight Pro Bowls would suggest? Maybe not. Is he as bad as Twitter suggests? Absolutely not. Um, Ruiz hasn't quite, you know, settled in the way that they had hoped. And Nick Easton's dealing with concussion, and he's, I think, got a got a ceiling that's lower than the other two. So, I just think back to that loss to Minnesota in the playoffs last year, and even even the year before to the Rams, which had, you know, the focus was obviously on on the nine call more than anything, but. Gosh, man! If you can, if you can protect Drew and, and open up some running lanes, then you can win it all. It's, it's. I think the formula. I don't want to say it's that simple, but it just seems to me if if you can have a nice run with this old line where they're somewhat healthy, and that's why a buy would just I think be absolutely huge for this team, even though the odds of it aren't great. I just think getting that old line healthy and ready to go would be a big, big factor. All right, Luke Johnson, our guest. So, Luke. Um, Two things before I let you run, and we appreciate the time. I really enjoyed your piece. Uh, I enjoy all your work, but your piece uh, several weeks ago when you went to, I think it's pronounced Pocatello, Idaho. Pocatello. Pocatello, okay. I remember you explaining the pronunciation in the piece, but I forgot how to pronounce it. But the uh, hometown in southeastern Idaho of one Taysom Hill, uh, I learned you know that was Merrill Hodges' hometown. I learned a lot of stuff, but... Man, I love when you just kind of dig into a piece and um, and it's long form. And, and if anyone hasn't read it yet, I suggest they go check it out because it was fun. I learned a lot and uh, everything about it, man. Just well written. Good job, man. I appreciate it. I really do. And uh, it's it's really cool to be able to work for a place that uh, that agreed to, to send me all the way out there right now, especially right now. Um, it's just a it was a fun little uh, fun little story to do in in this kind of crazy time we're living in. All right. Lastly, we usually end. You know, you are a, a, a proud veteran, and you serve this country, uh, a Marine. And I, I, we like to talk about maybe war movies or TV shows. So, I saw one. It was a French movie, and I saw it like fourteen years ago at someone's house. But I thought of it because it's. Uh, I think it was nominated for best foreign film that year. But uh, Joey Noel, which is about the Christmas truce back in World War One. In 1914, where it was Christmas, and it's a true story. It's a war, and soldiers from opposing sides all decided, you know what? For for Christmas only, we're going to call a truce. And um, you know, I mean, World War One was you know one of the bloodiest war events in, in human history. And on Christmas Eve, you've got these various soldiers from the French and the Scottish and the German sides all coming to this truce. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but. Since it's Christmas, since it does involve war, and since it was a beautiful moment in human history, I uh, I was going to ask you if you've seen that one or heard about it. I've not seen the movie, but as soon as you you said the the title, I, I knew what you were going to be talking about because it's it's one of my favorite stories. 
ever uh, is uh, you know, all these all these guys who are fighting in this just absolutely horrific war. Um, if, if you guys, if your listeners don't know a lot about World War One, just like really do some some reading into it, or or you know, listen to listen to Dan Carlin's uh, uh, like eighteen hour podcast that he did on it. It's really great. Um, but it was just it was absolutely horrible, horrific, and uh, you know just millions and millions and millions of people died. It reshaped the, the entire history of the continent. Um, took away an entire generation of, of its youth, um, and yeah, you know, all these all these guys on on both sides just stop throwing each other into the meat grinder for like just a second and uh, sing Christmas carols and like played piano and stuff like that and, and just you know lying in blood and guts and mud. It's an incredible story, and I think uh, actually like some commanders from both sides might have been like punished for that um uh, yeah, but when when somebody heard about it like on, on the higher ups it, there was there was they were not very happy about uh the fact that their guys weren't killing the other guys for a second so it, it's that i don't know it's a great story i haven't seen the movie i'll have to check it out now yeah it's been a while since i've seen it but you know for me it was like i i, I maybe i was taught about it in school but i if i did i didn't remember like yeah, i learned about it you know that night when i watched it and diane kruger is uh is is a beautiful woman and you know she's in it she does a great job so good cast good acting and um i don't know man i mean if, if i know folks struggle with the subtitles i don't i mean if a movie's good i'm gonna watch it whether i have to read during the movie or not yeah absolutely 100 percent agree all right good stuff luke johnson has been our guest guys go give him a follow on twitter at by luke johnson that is by luke johnson check out all of his stuff over at the times picayune new orleans advocate nola.com Hope you had a great Christmas. Well, you said you did, so I'm glad you had a great Christmas with uh, the wife and the dogs. And uh, all the best, man, and I'm sure we'll talk to you soon down the line. Same to you. Thanks for having me on, as always, Scott. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. Luke Johnson, our friend. Great stuff. Luke, and, um, man, he's got some good stories, got a wealth of knowledge, great writer.